Apologies for the sound quality this week, Mark appears to have recorded his audio underwater. PlayStation VR. PlayStation VR. Welcome to Laps Gamer Radio. I'm your host, Mark Hamer, and this is your Laps News update for the week commencing the 14th of November. Tonight, we'll chat a little bit about the games we've been playing recently, and we'll touch on a few news stories of note. Joining me today are Andy and Kev, and LGR Community guest Stevie Patmore of the Year of Steam Little Sister Podcast. Stevie, hello and welcome. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. Uh, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Um, okay. Uh, I'm 20 from Manchester, and I play a lot of video games. <laughs> And that's pretty much my life. <laughs> Do some podcasting in between as well. You can when you're 20. You have loads of yeah. free time. <laughs> yeah. You haven't got any real responsibilities <laughs> yet. Well, I'm on two podcasts <laughs> at the moment, so... Well, that is a responsibility, I guess. One yeah. of which I'm supposed to having a kid. Um, so what's your sort of like... What's your favourite genre of video games to go to then? Ooh. <laughs> I- I know, we asked the tough questions here. I don't really have a favourite genre. I don't even have a favourite console, I just have too many. I suppose if I had to say a favourite game just based on one that I always go back to, it would be Rocket League. What a game. What a game. What platform are you playing that on? Uh, Steam, PC. Oh, Steam, okay. I'm playing on PS4, but of course it's crossplay, so we'll have to try and sort out a game sometime. I'm really bad. (laughs) I'm, actually, I'm, I'm I'm not a bad goalkeeper, but uh, well, everything else I'm pretty bad at. I'm 250 hours in, and I can safely say that I'm okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's like there's a there's a very definite like it's not like a skill ceiling so much as like like when that game first came out, everyone was sort of playing it rather chaotically. Um, but as as the game's gone on. There are now, and I see this quite a lot when I when I play just random matchmaking online. There are some people who are just insanely good at that game, and I don't understand how they manage to control, but get that much control over the over the car and that much control over the ball as well. I don't, I don't get it at all. But yeah, <laughs> I have no idea how people game. pull off some of the tricks like you see. They're just ridiculous. Yeah. It is insane. Okay, quick backlogathon uh, update. Has anyone finished any games from their backlogs? Yes. You have? I've finished what have two. You finished? <laughs> okay. Um, well, I could talk about them in recently played if you want, but I can tell you now where I've played, finished uh, here, get them out of the way. Um, I finished Mario 3D World, which was um, nice. incredible. And um, yeah. I've also managed to finish uh, Letter Quest Remastered, which was on PS Plus last month, this month, mm-hmm. time soon. It was this ago. Month. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I don't even know what day it is half the time. Andy, I can't remember. Are you taking part in the back? Taking part in the backlogathon at all? No, far about it. And no. No. chicken. No, it's not. I don't, <laughs> I don't like the rules. I feel constrained <laughs> by the rules. <laughs> My Is it because you can't buy any more Warcraft uh, Warcraft games? No, Warhammer games, no, sorry. It's not that. It's just I like to consider myself... My backlog goes back f- maybe 30 years or so. <laughs> so 
five years. Oh, right, wasn't, okay. Just wasn't deep enough. So I just thought, nap, I'm not doing it. But I did complete four games. Instead, I'll tell you about them later. Jesus God. Christ. It was like a lone wolf. No, yeah. one bit was one was DLC, so but classify that. No, but I just couldn't live by. I was like, nope, I don't, I don't like being with restrictions. So I like, to, <laughs> I like to open. I won't live by your rules. Nope, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go roam the wild by myself. Where there are no rules. No. Um. No confessions this week. I don't think any of us have bought any new games. One of us has bought a new system. Yep. <laughs> but I, none of us have bought any. But, but technically, you did buy it I ages ago. I did buy ago. it ages ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it just yeah. turned up. I was one of the lucky four that got a console this week. Yeah. <laughs> got the Nintendo yeah. Classic delivered. And, um, and then you made about four of them, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> one for Britain, one for the um, States, and one for Canada, and yeah. one for Europe. Yeah. Well, as daft as it seems, I could have made a real tidy profit and bought another house on the uh, proceeds, I reckon. Yeah, I did see how much um, various stores were, were buying them in. <laughs> and it was like, what, it's nearly twice the price? Well, it was ridiculous. The price on Amazon's gone up to like 134 I think it was, this morning. Which is yeah, well, stupid. It's because people know, like, given Nintendo's track record, they're not going to make any more probably before Christmas. <laughs> so the ones that are out there are going to be going for a mighty premium. I tell you what, I'd be really chuffed if they just don't make any more. <laughs> then, oh, I'll, then I'll retire. Uh, I have got no confessions this, this month. I haven't bought any, any games since I bought Titanfall 2, thankfully. Um, I also haven't completed any more games, but I'm I'm getting close. I'm on track to, to match last last month's record of, of uh, three games completed. Um, I've got one that's nearly completed and two that I've nearly got the platinum in. So I'll report back on those later on the month if I make any more progress. Okay, moving on to what we've been playing over the last few weeks. Uh, Stevie, as you're our guest, do you want to start us off? Okay. Well, I've been playing a whole lot of stuff. Just in that opening okay. segment, segment there, I worked out that I've actually completed nine games in the past two weeks. Oh, come <laughs> on. <laughs> what? I told you about free time. Uh, to be to, to be 20 year old again, eh? Yeah, yeah, all this free time and so many games to play. <laughs> yeah, three of those are not... No, not three. More than three. Maybe six of those are not Ooh. VR games. And then the other three were on PlayStation VR. Mm. Which okay. I've got lots of games on now, far too many. Really? <laughs> yeah, because I keep getting money off my family, so I just keep buying more <laughs> VR games. <laughs> my birthday was like last week, so that's why I got tons of money and just nice. Oh, happy birthday! On some happy birthday! Yeah, so I'll start with the not VR games actually, and on the PS Vita, Letter Quest Remastered. That's one of those that I've nearly, like, not platinumed because it hasn't got platinum, but, you know, got all the trophies for. Mm. Just because it's so portable, it's everywhere. It's just a fun little word-based puzzle game. And I've been really enjoying yeah. it. Is it, so is it, is it like a spelling bee sort of game? Yeah, you get 15 tiles with letters on and rarer letters that are in less words will be worth more damage-wise. It's basically like an right. RPG spelling game. Battle Scrabble. Yeah, pretty much. 
and you just earn crystals to upgrade so you do more damage or take less damage and progress through the story and it's pretty good yeah I've it's good if you're uh, if you like word games and and you like words good <laughs> if you know your words good yeah that's it <laughs> if words are your favourite if you can speak proper like what I do yeah <laughs> speak Greek good like <laughs> <laughs> does it does it allow for like you know like regional colloquialisms at all i did notice because i accidentally put in an american spelling and was disgusted with themselves but it did accept both english and american spellings which i thought was quite progressive that's good yeah, yeah that's good that. that's right yeah. there are a few words it doesn't have one that really disappointed me is it doesn't have waifu <laughs> is that in the dictionary? It should be. <laughs> it doesn't have chi either. Qi, you can't. It won't accept that. But it doesn't yeah. accept two-letter words oh, yeah, anyway. You have to do three or more letters. Yeah. No cheating for you, Kevin. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I'll save that for the Scrabble. <laughs> Q's big damage though. If you can get one of those. Max damage in it. That's actually, um, some of the targets have actually got that as a thing where they'll take triple damage. I think it was triple damage, where if you played a a word with a Q in it, that would massively damage them. And it was great. Yeah, you come up with special monsters that have bonuses. Mm. You do like certain length words or like double letter words and things. Some of them are very exacting as well, aren't they? Like, mm. there was one where uh, you cannot... What was it? You can do maximum damage with uh, four-letter words, but you can't actually do any words more than five letters. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, so they're really like, restrictive. Yeah, give us a limit. Well, I know, yeah. <laughs> you have to use easy words. <laughs> because I've been in a bit of a Halloween mood, I ended up playing The Park on PC. Oh, God. And I'm not really a horror game fan, usually. But every so often, I just like to test myself, see if I can make it through one. And I managed to make it all the way through this. And it was pretty scary. It really gets tense as you're going through it. Mm. And it wasn't too jump scary either, which I appreciated a lot. See, I would probably be a bit unsettled if I played that, but I watched um, uh, uh, I watched uh, Adam Ducker play through the whole thing on a on a stream uh, a while ago. <laughs> it was the, the tension was probably taken off it by the fact that he was just whinging about the game all the way through because he hated it, but it it didn't look particularly good. Um, to me, but then like I was watching it rather than playing it, and I'm notoriously bad for playing through first-person survival horror games, so I probably would have made a mess in my pants if I did play it. And honestly, it's more of a walking simulator than anything in terms yeah, of yeah. horror. Like, there's no survival elements or shooting mm-hmm. anything. It's all just walk around and cutscenes and story elements. So, there's no fail states. Um, no, there aren't any fail states at all. Or if okay. there are any, I never oh, that's, that's alright. I could probably manage that then. <laughs> it does a really good job of creeping you out, though. The atmosphere is fantastic. Mm. I really like the yeah. setting. Yeah, the story seemed... Uh, like I said, like, <laughs> the story probably would have been a little bit more interesting if I'd been experiencing it first-hand instead of listening to Adam whinge about it whilst he was playing through it. But, um, uh, yeah, it looks, it's an interesting take on, on 
the sort of horror genre. This I don't can't really think of any other walking simulators that have done that sort of thing. Mm. Off the top of my head, anyway. There's definitely plenty first-person horror games out there, but most of them, yes, have guns or hunger meters and things added as well. Yeah, I tend to avoid those like the plague. Although I have got one on my backlog that I've got to finish at some point. But that's, um, have you played Soma? Um, I'm seven chapters into it. And for some reason oh, I stopped man, playing. Further than I, am. I need to finish that at some point. It was on my mind today, actually. Yeah. So I've never finished that. So. Yeah, I need to get that one finished. Like I've tried to play like Outlast and didn't get very far through that. I tried to play uh, Alien Isolation and didn't get very far into that before I gave up. But um, something about the storyline in Soma that's pulling me through. So maybe I should play the park at some point as well. Because as long as it's got a decent story to pull me through, then I could probably cope with it. Um, one thing with Soma is there is actually a mod which basically gets rid of all the monsters and makes them stop attacking you. So you can just go through probably, the story. Yeah, I don't know if it keeps the save file. That. <laughs> That's fine. I don't care. I'll just. I want to get it finished at some point, and if I can play it on easy mode, then that'd be great. Yeah, it literally <laughs> just makes all the monsters harmless, so you don't have to worry about cowering in fear from them all the time. Yeah, because that's what I've spent most of that game doing so far. <laughs> I think I made it through like the first two chapters before deciding that it wasn't for me, playing it the way it was originally intended. Um, I finally finished Pokemon Picross. Was it Picross? However, it's oh uh, yeah, on the 3DS. Picross. I think it's Picross. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my girlfriend's been playing a lot of that. Oh, well, a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I got it a year I, uh... and a bit ago, and I finally finished it a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Took me 70 hours overall. Jesus! <laughs> I didn't even know you could finish them games. Oh, I finished a few Picross games now. <laughs> I still don't get what Picross is. Um, it's basically just a logic puzzle game where you get columns and rows, and you have to work out where the blocks are and where the blocks aren't to make a picture. <laughs> I, I, I'm awful at explaining rules for anything. I should probably like sit down and get my girlfriend to explain it to me while she's playing it so I can see what the hell it is because she's been enthralled with it for ages um, and I know uh, like the guys over at Giant Bomb went on a, uh, went for a good few weeks of going on about Picross 3D whatever it's called one of the more recent Picross games uh, they're a bit of a phenomena um, but it's just one that's completely skipped me by I've, I've never really gotten into them never never understood what the hell they are if you can you should just ask if you can borrow the ds and try the tutorial level because i was explaining yeah, I might have to do just that. really thoroughly and that one's pokemon picross is free isn't it um it's free to play i paid to get rid of the energy meter that it has to basically restrict you from playing it as much as you want oh, okay so i right. think it cost me um somewhere between 20 and 30 pounds to just basically unlock everything outright but you can just get like smaller installments as well. You've got 70 hours worth of gameplay out of it. That's yeah, it, pretty good bang for your buck. It's a really good puzzle game. There are just standard, I don't, I'm just going to pronounce it differently every time, Pycross games as well. <laughs> Pycross E. Pycross E 1 to 6 or 7, whatever they're up to now, which are like £4.50 each on the eShop. And those are like 150 puzzles each, I think. So those are really good as well. 
Carrying on with the non-VR stuff, I've played Firewatch, finally, on PC. Oh. How was that? Um, it was really good. With a lot of these sort of story-based games, I go in just kind of like, oh, okay, I'll try it out and see what it's like. And then I'll get hooked yeah. and play through it all in one night. Similar thing happened with To The Moon, where I just sort of started for the achievement and then went all the way through in one. So, yeah, Firewatch. <laughs> I'm sure you've all heard plenty about it already. It is really a fantastic game. Yeah. Yeah, that's one that it's been... Uh, I don't think my MacBook could handle it. Um, well, it might do, I don't know. Uh, but it's available on PS4. I'm just waiting for it to drop down to an acceptable price. Uh, at some point in the future, and then I'll, I'll be picking it up and playing through it because I, um, it's a little bit more than just a walking simulator. There's, there's, actually, there appears to be a little bit more to do in it than you get in your average walking simulator. I don't, I don't like to be honest. I don't really like using the phrase walking simulator. That sounds like a disparaging mm. term for the genre. <laughs> I'm sure, like, what, what's the, what's the correct term for it? Is it like narrative? Um, something. I believe Laura K. Boss calls them interactive dramas. That's, That's probably right. a better yeah. term for it, actually, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it is definitely interactive with the radio dialogue all the time. Mm -hmm. And you can throw some unruly teenagers uh, boombox in the lake if you want, so I'm sold. Yeah, you can do all, there's all sort of interactions <laughs> that you can try out. I'm in the middle of a second playthrough at the moment with the developer commentary on. Oh, nice. Because I, I do find developer commentaries to be really fascinating in quite a few games. Although I've only actually found it... I've only actually gone through a developer playthrough on, like, Portal 1 so far. Okay. But I'm going to be going back through lots of my game library to find the ones that have got those commentaries. Because they're just really interesting. I would highly recommend playing through the um, Grim Fandango remastered with the director's commentary on, because that's, that's pretty interesting. I've not played through that originally yet. I don't even know. you not? It, oh. oh, it's good. I've always just... I've been stuck in it since March. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I keep seeing it on offer everywhere and just... I don't know what it is exactly, so I've never gone for it. It's mad. Don't get it. It's awful. <laughs> it's good. It's worth playing. I'll have to find. You've got loads of free time. It. You know. Yeah, clearly I've got way too much. <laughs> um, should I'll move on quickly? I played the room too. Oh, but bef before oh. you move on, actually, I just wanted to mention. Uh, have you heard these rumours that um, Campo Santo apparently? partner with some film studio to make a feature film of Firewatch. Yes, and I think that's actually confirmed to be happening. A Firewatch yeah. film. I hope he's got Kurt Russell. <laughs> 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 I'm hoping that they cast um, I can't remember the guy's name who does the the voice of the protagonist. He was in Mad Men and he's been in a few other things as well. I can't remember the actor's name, but I'm, I'm hoping they cast they cast him because from the, the footage I've seen, it, it would be right without his voice. John Hamm? Not John Hamm, no. Well, let's John, just have John, John, John Hamm in anyway, isn't everything else. John Hamm's too expensive. <laughs> I don't think he is. <laughs> he turns up <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> okay, another one that I was addicted to for like two full days was Reigns. Uh, any of you oh. heard of that yet? Oh, Hopefully yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, the, the sort of like swipe left, swipe right cards thing. Oh, yeah. 
The one where you, where you rule try kingdom and, and usually die it. quite a lot. Yes. Yeah, yes. I spent about yeah. nine hours on that across two days. <laughs> I've lasted, I think my record was 13 years, I think. Mm. That's the longest I've managed to stay in power for. So <laughs> if anything I've taken away from that game is that I would be a terrible king. <laughs> I think the first I made it to is like 84 maybe. Oh, wow. I want to get to 100 because you get an achievement for it, but it's just so luck-based at that point. Mm. So many different things you can die from. It's a real struggle to keep all those bars somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Like, not too low or not too high. That's like it's, It gets so difficult. That's why I've only managed to last about 13 years in it, but it's a really novel... Like um, interesting little game. Like, I can't think of anything I've played that's quite like that. But uh, it's dead good though. What are you playing it on, Stevie? Um, I was playing it on PC actually. Right. Okay. Does it play just the same as it does on the phone? Um, yeah, it does pretty much. Yeah. Except yeah. you can use a controller if you want. It's only like two pounds as well. So. Yeah, yeah. I've got four times my money's worth at least. If you go yeah. off the one pound an hour rule. Which I don't always yeah. do. It depends on the type of game. No. Last one for PC. <laughs> <laughs> then we've got all the VR games. <laughs> um, the Room 2. Okay. It's a puzzle game where you basically get these boxes and you have to work out just how to open them and solve puzzles. And you progress through different rooms. Is uh, Tommy Wiseau in it at all? No, unfortunately not. Oh, it's okay. not that Damn kind it. of room. Oh. <laughs> it wasn't in the room one either, which was just called. Oh, what? So <laughs> they were originally phone games, and they've been porting them one at a time to PC. So when this mm-hmm. came out, it put on my wish list, got it while I was on offer, and played through it all. And it, yeah, I like puzzle games, so I just yeah. really enjoyed going through it. So really, uh, uh, Stuart Neil's talks quite a lot about it. Um, he's he recommended it quite highly. I haven't played either of them, um, but uh, what platforms are they on? Um, they're on Is... mobiles. The Room One and Two are on okay. PC as well on Steam. Okay. And I think the Room Three will be ported eventually. Ooh. I've just been checking. I've still got the Room on my iPad. I've still <laughs> never even opened it, but I've got it there. So. You should give it a go if you like puzzles. Yeah, I do like puzzle games as well, so I can't understand why I've never picked it up. Oh, well. Well, you know what to play after this, then. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Along with the five other games I've already mentioned. (laughs) 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 Okay, I think I'm going to go into VR games now, which I've got seven of that I've just remembered. (laughs) Okay, okay. So, start off with Batman Arkham VR. Which is definitely short. It's like an hour long. But I've probably put in at least five times that much. Just playing it mainly for this one minigame. Where, well, of course you are Batman. And you have batarangs and targets everywhere. And you just throw batarangs at them. And it's so addictive and so fun. It's one of the best minigames in any VR game that I've played so far. Because you do just... When you pull it off perfectly, you just feel like such a badass. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> so does it 
does it live up to the be the bat um, tag that they they supplied to it? Oh, I would it? definitely say it does. Do you... Yeah, okay, a lot, right, especially okay. with the opening sequence. It really just eases you into it perfectly to just feeling like yes, I am the Batman because <laughs> it has the whole suit up sequence in the elevator going down to the bat yeah. cave and revealing everything. And of course, it's all in virtual reality, so it just looks like it's all there. It's incredibly immersive mm -hmm. with the PSVR. And it is fantastic fun. Mm. The main storyline itself is not incredibly long or mm -hmm. complex. That's like the one downside I'd say to the game is lack of real replay value. But I do just jump in to throw batarangs at targets every so often. <laughs> How much was that? Um, that was sixteen pounds. Oh, that's not bad. Not bad, I guess. Then that's the thing about a lot of these games on um, on PSVR at the moment is that they're kind of with it with the with a few exceptions, they're sort of like experiences rather than full games, sort of like glorified tech demos almost. Yeah, the... like this is what you can do with the technology, but we're not quite at the point where we can make full games yet. Yeah, that seems to be the trend, is there's full games with more replay value, like online playing things, which are £50 plus usually. Things like Rigs or Stuff like Rigs. E Valkyrie yeah. or um, Battlezone. That's one that I've not got. Is that the tank one? Yeah, that's sort of, I don't know, neon retro tank game. Yeah, it yeah. looks a bit like Tron, doesn't it? Yeah, that, that's what it looks like. Yeah, I quite enjoyed that, but didn't quite like the um, brown gauze that you got in front of you. Mm. Yeah, you know I remember about the fly screen thing. Yeah. Oh, I think the I screen door effects. Yeah, yeah. That's I, like I haven't played with an Oculus or a Vive, um, but I think that's just inherent with VR is you're always going to get that, especially with stuff that's up close to you. Like It's quite noticeable I, I've got a Gear VR headset and it's quite noticeable on that, but that's because it's sort of magnifying a phone screen which is, you know, it's pretty high high resolution, but still it's a phone screen. But I think that's something that you're going to get with all VR headsets is a slight screen door effect, especially with stuff that's very up close to you. Like I noticed it when we were playing um, Tethered uh, um, EGX when things are up close to you kind of like you can see the gap between the pixels is that what, you, is that, is that what you're referring to? Or am I getting yeah, completely it, wrong? <laughs> no that's exactly it it just looks like you're watching something on CFAX mm. <laughs> Fair yeah, enough they should just make a Mr. Biffo game Yeah I can't say that's something <laughs> I've had a problem with myself but I've not really mm. been looking out for it so that might be why you will be now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not going when you to notice it, you won't be able to unnotice it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's all the £50 games, which are the proper replay value ones, and then there's the experiences, which are usually around the £15 mark. And then there's some mm -hmm. just really little games that are like under £10. Yeah. Some of which are actually really good. One of them I will talk about. Um, okay. But anyway, um, next on my list <laughs> is Thumper. Um, and Thumper's, it's called a rhythm violence game, I believe they call it. And right. you control a beetle going down a track. And you use the X button and the analog stick 
to basically turn at the right time and thump or fly at the right time and it's all rhythm based and it it is a really good rhythm game it especially with the vr headset it can be played without it as well but i've not managed to go back to that after using the vr it's really immersive it looks fantastic as well and the soundtrack works great it's got a great beat which is pretty much necessary <laughs> for a rhythm game yeah yeah and it's definitely got the replay value that some psvr games are lacking providing you're one of these mm. people that likes to go for high scores or to try and get through all the hardest difficulties because in the recent update they have added a whole other mode which is like hardcore mode where if you fail then you go back to the start of the entire level instead of going back to a checkpoint and cool. that's one of the games that I keep coming back to especially because it's just really fun and you really just get absorbed into it because it takes up your entire vision, your entire hearing it uses all your senses and you just sort of become I don't know completely immersed in it like that is everything um, I've been playing Until Dawn Rush of Blood okay that the that's the on literally on rails shooter, right? Yeah, exactly. The with on clowns, rails yeah. horror shooter. Quite topical with clowns, though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not jumping out of bushes, are you? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it got me a few times with the jump scares. <laughs> that's one thing that. Did you did you play the uh, original Until Dawn? Um, I think I played like the first seven chapters, but right. I was borrowing it off of my sister's boyfriend, so I never finished okay. it, unfortunately. No, I haven't played that one either yet. Uh, it's, it just seems a bit of a weird thing. It's like you, you go from this sort of like interactive teenage horror drama game to making a spin-off on rails, like horror show shooter sort of like mm. almost like a um, house of the dead or something like that yeah yeah, yeah mixed with like a um a sort of like horror themed fair you know uh, fairground ride so yeah a, a weird transition they made with that yeah it's very vaguely linked to the original game mm. i think but is it I any good i won't spoil the link though but anyway <laughs> it, it is actually really fun Okay. Um, I first played through it using the DualShock controller because mm -hmm. my move controllers hadn't arrived yet. So I right. was, had basically both guns really close together and it was mm -hmm. tricky to actually aim them properly or in different directions. But once I got the move yeah. controllers and tried it again, it, it's something that you can't do in <laughs> quote-unquote normal games is mm -hmm. things like shooting in one direction and shooting in another while looking around and checking yeah. where enemies are coming from and um, it's definitely one of the best looking vr games as well i'd say mm -hmm. i think it already had the ps4 pro like upgrade in it yeah. as it was originally released because i think it is it unreal engine it might be i think unreal engine has pretty easy support for upgrading for pro apparently i think batman's similar but yeah it's a. I've just really enjoyed my time with it. I'm trying to go through on a harder difficulty now, and <laughs> it's a bit trickier, but not that bad. <laughs> now that I'm using the proper controllers for it, 
But with a lot of these VR games, it is just hard to explain why they're so amazing. It's one of those things you have to try for yourself to really appreciate, unfortunately. Yeah, that's the problem I've had. It's, like, it's why I've not really talked much on this podcast about games I've played on Gear VR, because it's like, how do you convey the experience of playing a VR game mm. without mm. actually putting the headset on somebody and letting them play it? It's, kind of, it's a bit difficult to really convey. Yeah. I think that's why they've got a tough um, sell on the hands anyway, you know, the actual companies behind them, because yeah. it's something you can't really sort of show people, you know, and say, look at that. Well, they can. It's, it's just games charging £10 for it. <laughs> Which is a bit... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently Sony is fine mm. with that, but there you go. Yeah. So Until Dawn's one of those. It's one of the, like, £16 games. So it's one of the lower end ones, but it's really good. And next one is Bound, which has not VR support as well, along with Thumper. And it looks absolutely fantastic. I've not played much of it yet. It's basically a platformer where you control a ballerina. And I'm not 100% sure what's going on with the story. I know that there's a pregnant woman <laughs> and some sort of journal with drawings in it. And there's lots of polygons everywhere when you're in the game, but it looks amazing. It is seriously one of the most beautiful games I've tried in VR so far. Very striking art style. Yeah, it seriously just looks absolutely fantastic. Especially with the PS4 Pro upgrade, it just looks so crisp and vibrant. Oh, have you got a PS4 Pro then? Yeah, I've not actually spoken about this yet, yet but okay. um, I had to upgrade from my old PS4 because it was one of the rare cases where the HDMI wouldn't work with the VR. Oh, oh really? Right. Wow. Yeah, so I had to... Oh, man. I'd gotten a PS4 for like £200 with two games on Gumtree. Okay. And I eventually managed to sell it on for £180 while keeping the games, so I didn't lose much. That's pretty good. Stevie, is it actually quicker and easier then to set up um, VR on the PS Pro? um, It's no different whatsoever to set it up on the Pro. You still got to have the little black box? Yeah, you still got to have the box. Oh, damn. (laughs) But that's that's more, that's kind of mostly like a splitter, isn't it? A breakout box sort of thing where it's like splitting the signal between the headset and the TV. Yeah, basically the box gets the output from the PS4 and then puts it through two cables because basically I think the VR headset has two screens in there. Mm. I think that's mm. how it works anyway. Yeah. So. And then also splitting the signal to the TV as well so it can output on both. Yeah. Yeah, but you don't actually yeah. have to have the TV on while you're using the headset. No, no, but it's like you've got the option there if you want it. So basically it's just a fancy HDMI splitter from what I gather. It doesn't actually do any processing, although it's got a fan in it as well. Yeah, that's mm. noisy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I can't usually hear it through the headphones anyway. But Yeah. Um, outputting to TV though isn't really necessary unless there's games where you've got other players and the TV's used for it. Games such as Keep Talking Nobody Explodes. Yeah. That's a really fun one. Oh, <laughs> what a game. I've only managed to have like one proper night playing it, but we had a good time yeah. just taking turns, putting on headset and diffusing bombs. Yeah. And exploding a few times. 
That is really good fun. I've got that on um, on Gear VR and uh, printed off a couple of copies of the, uh, the Bomb Defusal Manual. And I played that a few times with people, and <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of the most fun party games I've played. Yeah, I remember. I think it was last year for my birthday. I had like ten people around on the bomb team. <laughs> just invited everyone around so that one of us could be on the bomb. Everyone else was just. It was a really fun night. That. Did it just descend into shouting though? As everyone's like, "No, no, you do it this way." <laughs> we made it's it to chaos. Really complicated bombs. So yeah, we... yeah. Oh god, it gets so complex later on. Like the first few ones, are like the, the, the like the first few bombs you, you defuse and like. The panels are quite simple to to decipher as long as whoever has got the headset on can explain what they're looking at. But then some of the ones later on, it's like I had to play through them a good few times to even work out what the hell mm. the puzzle was based around, let alone how to solve it. Yeah, anyone that's played it knows about the Venn diagram for the complicated wires. Yes. It's yeah. insane. It's like a kaleidoscope. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's really good. Yeah, that's a highly recommended party game. Um, I'm on to the final four. <laughs> <laughs> okay. One that I've actually just got today is the Brookhaven experiment. It's been on Vive for quite a while. Possibly Oculus as well. I'm not 100% sure on that one because it uses motion controllers. And basically it's a wave-based shooter where zombies come at you. And on the Vive, it was all 360, you could turn around. But on this, because of the way the tracking works on PSVR, you just have a 180 degree turn button. It's not that scary, really. Sometimes the noises will get me or I'll see things in the distance that will just creep me out a bit. Or I'll have like three zombies on me at once and I'll panic quite a lot. But it's not like terrifying, I would say. The zombies do look scary, though, actually. <laughs> now I think back on it. <laughs> scariest thing I've seen is actually in the main menu just in the distance you see the giant creature which I'm guessing I'll see up close eventually but I'm not that Gosh. far into the campaign <laughs> but that's foreshadowing it's, yeah. yeah it is literally just a shadow in the distance <laughs> <laughs> and that'll be one to put on my not to playlist then <laughs> another one yeah I've been yeah another one some reason I've just been craving horror games recently, and I don't know why. Because Halloween, I never enjoy <laughs> going it. through them, but I always just sort of feel like I've achieved something when I manage to make it through one. So I'm actually really looking forward to Resident Evil Seven. <laughs> You're mad. <laughs> well, it makes one of us. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. It's two. I tried the demo of it actually in VR, and it didn't get me that much. Like the third time I played it. <laughs> The first time, it definitely got me, but I think it's going to be one of those really must-have games on VR, especially if you are a horror fan, because there isn't much else at the moment horror-wise. Like, there's literally Brookhaven Experiment and Until Dawn, and then the demo for Resident Evil 7, which comes out in... Until, uh, until mm. Outlast comes out on the PSVR. Is that actually going to happen? Uh, probably, I haven't said anything, but you know, it's only a matter of time before something like that ends up on VR. Got my hopes up. <laughs> just like that'll be an absolute <laughs> nope. <laughs> I've not played it myself actually on PC. Oh god, I managed fifteen minutes in one sitting and I gave up. 
how well Resident Evil 7 is going to be just insane. Mm. It's going to be one of the most terrifying things I'll ever do. And I'm so excited for it. <laughs> it's going to be one of the best VR experiences so far. Well, you're braver than I am. I hope I am. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll be like 50 <laughs> quid down the drain. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, moving on from Brookhaven. One I've not got that much to say about is Windlands. Where it's basically Spider-Man Simulator. You're just in sort of area with grassy platforms and bushes floating in the sky that you can grapple to and swing around. Mm-hmm. I've not played much of it yet because it does get you quite motion sick if you've not got your VR legs yet. But what I have managed to play a bit, I've really enjoyed. Just doing things like standing on the top of a massive tree, looking down, and just thinking like, I can jump off right now. <laughs> and then I jump off, and it's amazing. <laughs> it's really fun. Does it actually... Are you scared of heights at all? I usually am, but in VR, it's not that bad. Okay, alright, because that's one of the things I was worried about with VR, that we just make, like, if you're standing over a deep precipice, it would just make my stomach turn. Mm. There's one part in Batman VR, actually where you're on the top of a building and you can just look down and see the road like way oh. down. That's really... No, thank it's you. It's quite fun to test yourself <laughs> and to see if you can step all the way up to the ledge. <laughs> so, a weird thing with VR is just even though you know it's not real, your brain still tricks you into thinking it is. Last two. Pixel Gear, which I think was like £8, maybe 9 is It's got three levels... You are sat somewhere and you shoot these sort of Minecraft-looking monsters that appear and slowly advance towards you. It's another waved base shooter. Mm-hmm. And I've enjoyed my time with that as well. It's mm. one gun, just shooting at them. It's, it's a little VR thing. Basically just a shooting alley, which is cheaper yeah. than getting VR worlds for just the shooting games that are in London Heist. I've heard that even though it's good, it's really short VR worlds. So I went for Pixel Gear instead, just to get that shooting alley experience. That's one thing I've got in common with all of these games, is I've enjoyed them so far. I'm not sure if they're all worth the money so far, but (laughs) (laughs) that's an entire other thing. I've definitely, thinking back, I'm like, is the PSVR really worth how much I spent on it? It's kind of like, probably not. But I don't care. It's so fun. You enjoy it. How long can you spend in it? Though, you know, like, um, depending on the game, I can spend just like several hours in it if I've got. Oh, it is quite comfortable. Yeah, it's comfortable enough it, to actually do, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah, it is. It's a really comfortable headset. Yeah. Hmm. I really need to try it out because I tried the Vive out, and after about twenty minutes of the Vive, I felt sick after that. So I'd have to hmm. give it. It's PSVR go, but I don't want to pay 10 quid to game and all that. <laughs> <laughs> you have to make friends with someone who's got one. That's when you're yeah, Kev. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, I've already said, no, we're not friends. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and the last one, I promise, is Job Simulator. Oh, oh nice. yes. Platinumed, of course. Oh, nice! It's yeah. one of the easiest platinum oh, you can. Yeah, do I heard it's pretty, really, really easy platinum. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculously easy platinum, but it is a really fun mm. game. And the best thing that I found in it is that if you put on zero gravity, which you unlock at the end, 
and then go into store clerk like missions you can shake up the fizzy bottles and let those go and they just fly off like rockets because it's zero gravity <laughs> and that is just fun little things like that that you can discover make it quite fun to just ju- dive back in and mess around for a bit there isn't much point to playing through the missions again but apart from that no it's sort of like a fun little experience like i've i watched uh a let's play on the on giant bomb and then playing through it on the um, htc vive um it's a little bit different on the vive to it is on the the psvr because the, the vive's got the roomscape thing you've got slightly larger areas to to play around in than you do in in um uh, PSVR, but it's apart from that, it's essentially the same game, and it it looks really good fun for maybe one playthrough. Yeah, it's really good fun, and it's good for yeah. showing to other people as well, because it's one that quite mm. a lot of people have heard of. And I think that's finally the end of my list. Cool. <laughs> a lot of games. I will tell one quick story about the dumbest thing that I've done with my PSVR so far. Okay, two things. Go for it. <laughs> Um, first was I tried to throw something back over the wall in my office in Job Simulator and punch the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. And the other one was something I did today, actually. There's one level with a desk in Brookhaven with a computer. So I tried to lean in for a closer look and then headbutted the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Coming to casualty near you soon. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised there's not a hole How do you explain wire. that one? <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get this head injury? Um, long story. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to look at this computer, right, but there's a wall in the way. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see the wall. <laughs> no. Uh, so because a lot of us on the podcast and a lot of our listeners are sort of lapsed gamers, people who don't have a huge amount of time for playing games, or... Um, or the resources, perhaps, to, to buy a PlayStation VR headset. Um, if you had to pick one of those games to suggest to a lapsed to lapse gamer, which one would you go for? Assuming that you've not got a VR, I'd go for Letter Quest Remastered, because that's a PS Plus game. Or Pokemon yeah. P-Cross, Pycross, Picross, however it's pronounced, on the 3DS, because it is free-to-play, and it's a fun little puzzle game. So yeah, those two because they're both pretty much free if you've got PS Plus. Kev, what have you been playing? Like I said before, um, I completed Mario World 3D and also, again, finished Letter Quest. Apart from that, um, obviously with the Nintendo Classic Mini coming, I've been diving into that. And, uh, wow, it just shows how shockingly bad my reflexes have got over the last 30 years. That is a fact. (laughs) Jeez. Uh, you know, I, I remember being an absolute bastard at, to beat at um, Don, Donkey Kong, for instance, and now I can yeah. only get about three girders up on first screen before I've lost all my lives. Oh, it's man. just getting ridiculous. But so I've, I've really yeah, saved it. Into, yeah, the save states are brilliant. Yeah, but only if you can actually get anywhere far, further than sort of half an inch. <laughs> Otherwise, it's pretty pointless. You might as well just start at the beginning. Um, Dr. Mario, I've been playing that uh, pretty much solidly every time I turn the uh, ne- uh, mini NES on. I just go straight to that. Um, it's basically Tetris, but with it but having Mario on it, you know, it's just going to be hard as nails and you're just going to end up being screwed. So far, I've managed to finish one level. 
So, yeah, uh, I reckon come back in about 16 years, I might actually be up to level four. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How old were you when the, if you don't mind me asking, uh, when the NES originally came out? Like, did, you, did you did you have a NES when it first came out? <laughs> uh, no, I didn't. Um, I okay. used to hang around with mates that had them, um, like Andy. You know, would yeah. he'd, he'd just sponge off with your mates. <laughs> <laughs> so you played you played one back in the day then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I yeah. used to play Donkey Kong bizarrely on the Commodore. That uh, on Commodore sixty four, I think. Yeah. Um, but that was when it really was just a case of just get it out there. There was nobody making proprietary software you know it was just whatever but yeah it's weird because some of this a lot of the games i do remember i remember playing them at my friends but i also remember playing them in the uh, arcades and of course there the stakes are high you've got 10 pence in that machine i mean this is going back when when the machines were taking 10 pences you know (laughs) (laughs) that doesn't happen anymore now now you've got to sell a kidney or something um, but yeah, uh, you know, you you basically had the ex- at, um, had the extra pressure of having your real money on the line, and um, of course, you'd have half the um, arcade watching behind you as well. Mm. So that was always good fun. So yeah, um, it's quite embarrassing. Uh, Watching how shit I am at it now, <laughs> thinking right, I'll go back to Lego Dimensions then. <laughs> so, <laughs> sticking with the retro thing, I've finally uh, turned on my Midway um, pack for Lego Dimensions, which I've had sat there for about eight months and never got around to actually playing. But the Midway pack is really good fun. I can't believe I didn't bother pouring it on before now. Maybe it's just because I'm on this whole retro kick this month. I don't know. But um, Midway did some great games. And um, one of my favourite all-time arcade games were on there, which I didn't know. Spy Hunter, which I played and played and played and played. That was when I was on a YTS. I was actually supposed to be doing something at the time. I just wasn't. I was (laughs) just in the arcade playing Spy Hunter. (laughs) But, uh, yeah. So Lego Dimensions, I'm still back to that, and that, that game still has a lot of legs. In it's like what 18 month ish, 14. 14 is it? Yeah. You have know, Jeez. Midway pack. Is it? Are the actual games recreated in Lego? Or is it actually actual emulated versions actual. of the original? Um, it's funny because you've got like the cabinet sides mm. uh, along both sides of the screen, and they're emulated they're actually the cabinet sides done in lego you know in lego style but then your actual game in the middle is the actual game you know so defender and defender 2 are great gauntlet i'd forgot how much i loved playing gauntlet and um using the barbarian uh so i've been really buzzing off that one (laughs) <laughs> Much more so than I should be, really. <laughs> but Given that um, Lego Dimensions is oh, technically really a kid's game, although it kind of appeals to people of all ages, hmm. are there certain Midway titles that they've had to shy away from? Specifically Mortal Kombat. Yeah, <laughs> Mortal Kombat's definitely not on there. They've gone for okay. the they've gone for the ones that were the killer apps at the time. You know, yeah. um, 
I can't remember what the dates on them are, but I think the latest one on there was 1985. So, well, pre-Mortal Kombat days. Yeah. Um, but there were Defender, Defender 2, Gauntlet, Gauntlet 2, um, Spy Hunter, and... God, what else were there? Oh, um, the one where you're the ape that goes mad in Manhattan and just smashes up everything. I forgot the Rampage. name of the... Rampage, thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is hella fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everything about it is absolutely spot on. It's exactly how you remember it. I don't know how the kids are going to cope with it because you're looking at something that's an amazing game uh, graphically and then you're going into these retro arcades and playing 8-bit, sometimes 6-bit games. <laughs> it just looks ridiculous. But they, they handle exactly how they used to handle in the arcades. Definitely how I remember them. And yes, they are still fast. Not a great deal, deal else, actually. I've just played um, Jackbox with Adam on Saturday night, Sunday yeah. morning. Uh, you joined in as well. Yes. Uh, which was great fun. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd seen that being played on uh, on uh, other live streams before, but I hadn't actually played it myself. I'd never come across um, it before. I, I didn't even know how it was working. <laughs> Just, it's really, really cool, isn't it? Yes. Like, I guess we should probably explain for people who don't know what it is. It's like it's like a collection of mini games where um, you can buy it on, I think it's on Xbox One, PS4, uh, PC, various different, like, like Amazon fire tv and, <laughs> and loads of different platforms and it's sort of like a collection of mini games like whatever system is running on will like will run like so, so the one we played the most of was sort of like a a horror themed like quiz show thing um, <laughs> oh, great <laughs> and there's be like a room code at the beginning and you just load up you go onto like jackbox.tv on your browser or on your phone or your tablet or whatever put in the room code and then you join in uh and taking part in the in, in these silly quizzes and, and um, <laughs> well what yeah, they only really played the two there was that one like the horror themed quiz one and um, TKO where like oh god how do you describe that oh the art one that was the weird the t-shirt one yeah <laughs> just having to scribble all sorts and I'm not very good at drawing <laughs> yeah you got you had to like draw a bunch of pictures uh, and then come up with a bunch of phrases, and then it would put together some of the pictures and phrases, and you had to make you them into like a T-shirt, <laughs> and then people would vote on which were the best T-shirts. And it's like, it, if you put it I like that, that, it doesn't sound that great. But yeah, you did with a really good T-shirt design, actually. Um, yeah, it's it's a really odd game that one. Uh, and then at the end of it, like there'll be a link so you can actually buy a version of the T-shirts that <laughs> made if you want. I did like the horror um, one because uh, it, yeah. it was like a hybrid between Family Fortunes and Scream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or Saw. Although uh, there was like some really interesting. So like, yeah, you everyone will get asked a question, and the people who get it wrong will have to do like a forfeit thing. Um, most of them didn't really have too many repercussions, but I came across one a couple of times. Like, did you have the chopping the finger off thing? Yeah, yeah. I just lo lost yeah. the pinky. I'm not bothered. Yeah, uh, but did you notice what happened? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just got it as an option for one of your answers yeah. afterwards. So you, have to chop, your finger. you have to pick one of the fingers to chop off, and then for every subsequent question afterwards, the uh, option, the, uh, the answer option that corresponds to that finger is not selectable. So if you if the question comes up and the right answer is the one that you chop the finger off, tough to deal with it. <laughs> it's tough being a Yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, that's a, that's a, a weird. But there's a few other ones that I've seen being played um, that you kind of need to be in the room together. But but at least two of them worked really well being played over a live stream across yeah, trans- multiple continentals. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was great as well because I didn't know what form or you know what platform it was actually started on, and it wasn't until. I saw some Xbox achievements one, pop up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when I saw the it was Xbox. And yet, I was playing on my phone. I don't know what you were playing it on. I was playing on my phone. Yeah, uh, Me yeah. and we were both playing on our phones. Yeah. We just, you know, you could basically join however you wanted to join, which was, I, th- I thought, wow, the tech behind this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and to keep it all tight, because it were all timed. You know, all the answers you had to get in within a certain stage, didn't you? Well, there was like a 15 seconds, like there was a delay on the stream. I don't know how long yeah. that was, but then it was like a 15 seconds. Um, they gave you enough time to be able to answer the questions. Mm. We were getting the questions pop up on our phones before they were appearing on the stream because of the delay. But then also the ones like the memory ones where it would show you a picture and then you had to recreate it it would make sure that there was 15 seconds between the picture disappearing and you starting to recreate it yeah. so you couldn't cheat using the delay <laughs> on, the, on the stream. Although I could have probably paused the stream. <laughs> 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 yeah, I didn't know I didn't. But um, um, I, I just yeah. got more and more messed up because I was drinking yeah. both at the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was... Uh, I definitely want to pick that up at, at some point on PS4 and... Uh, Try and get some mates together to play that because there's another one as well. Uh, I can't what it's called. Uh, we, we couldn't play it because you kind of need to be in the room together. It's like everyone will get asked a question, um, apart from one person who is like a faker. So like the question will be like uh, something weird, like hold up the number of fingers that correspond to the, the, the number of times that this answer to this question or whatever. And the person who's the faker will get like won't get that question, but then they have to try and fit in with the other people. And at the end of each question, everyone has to try and guess who the faker is. And that mode looks really fun as well, but you can't really play that over a live stream because you need to see the other participants. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Jackbox, it's dead good. Yeah. I don't, th- I don't think it costs much either. Is this Party Pack uh-huh. 3 that you were playing? Because Yes. Yeah, I've played the first two Party Packs, and these games definitely sound new to me. So I'm guessing it must be the third pack. Yeah. Adam seemed to be quite au fait with him, so I don't know how much he's put into it, you know, but he was definitely saying that it was the best version he'd played of it so far. Yeah, there's um, there's, a, there's a good few of, like, party packs. So, so we played... Um, uh, what was on it? Hang on. Loading it up now. Come on, internet. Oh, it's available on Xbox One, PS4, Steam, both PC and Mac, Amazon for high TV. Um, I think you can run it on a tablet uh, through the App Store. It's on the Humble Store and it's on Google Play as well. Uh, so there's uh, we played um, TKO and Trivia Murder Party, but then there's also Quiplash, uh, Fake oh, in it, which is the one I was telling you about. Quiplash. Yes, that's what we were playing Quiplash before we went on to TKO Murder Party. So, oh, okay. Yeah, um, Quiplash was really good fun as well. <laughs> yeah, and then there's... Oh, no, we did play Gespionage, didn't we? Um, I might have that gone was... to sleep after oh, that. Oh, you might have left to that point. Yeah, Gespionage was like... Um, you'd get asked a question, it's like, what percentage of people oh, routinely no, blow their nose on sleep. toilet paper or whatever? Um, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did yeah. play that. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. It's just I can't remember it because again the port was kicking in. 
Oh, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jackbox games, they're really good. At least the Party Pack 3 is dead good. Yes. And, um, yeah, I don't think that much. Yeah, Party Pack 2 is really good as well. has a few okay. really fun games in there. Uh, on Steam, it's less than 20 quid. Mm. On Steam, so everything's less than 20 quid. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's worth it if you've got people to play with. Oh, forget it then. <laughs> so, um, which one of those would you recommend to a lapsed gamer then? Well, I would have said um, Lego Dimensions just because it's awesome and you can pick up the starter pack now for 25 quid-ish, Andy? Yeah, yeah about 28 quid. 28 yeah, yeah. Um, but again, it's one of those where you end up with tons and tons and tons of Lego laying around your house, so probably not, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I would have recommended Dr. Mario, but again, you've got to get a classic NES and nothing. You'd have to pay about £50,000 now for one. Um, so Dr. Yeah, again, probably now. available on the 3DSE shop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, more than likely. But after all that, I would say Jackbox, if you've actually got some mates that you can play with, you know, go for that because Jackbox is great fun. Yeah. And it, looking at what we've got coming up, we've got the festive season, so you're going to have friends and family around. This is probably the way to go. You know, as a as a sort of a everybody around table kind of game. You get all the family on this. This is a good one. It's a good laugh. Yeah. When I yeah, go visit my parents at Christmas, I might try and convince them to play it instead of Monopoly for once. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, Andy. You've got a long list of games, it appears. Yeah, I haven't been on this new show for a while, so... So you've completed a good dozen or so games, then, I imagine. Um, Like I said, four. Four of them. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> not in the last couple of days. Yeah, well, that's, yeah that actually, it has been in the last couple of weeks, actually. Um, <laughs> first one I want to talk about is Pro Evolution Soccer 2017. I didn't know you even liked football. I also like football. Okay, I didn't know. I like American football. Yeah, I do like NFL as well, but I do like football. I've fallen a bit out of love of it now, but yeah. I still is that like... because being a lead supporter is depressing? No, being a Man U supporter. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> almost, almost as depressing. <laughs> almost. Yeah, but I just fallen out, fallen out of love, but I still enjoy the game. I still try to play the Pro Evolution Soccer every year. Um, this one has to be the best one I've played and is probably the closest one to get to the PS2 classics. Yeah. It's um, really, really responsive in its how it feels and the players and the control. and everything. It just plays a beautiful game of football. Um, easy putting one-touch players together, passing left and right of it. AI seems to be drastically improved. Of course, the presentation around it all isn't great, but as a game of football and friendly laps gamer who remembers playing the classic Pro Evos on the PS2, um, you're going to get a lot of time out of this. Then, because I was relegated down to the living room because of um, plastering going on upstairs in my games room, relegated down to only had the PS3 to play, so I ended up playing some quite a lot of PS3 games. Um, started off with Castlevania Lords of the Shadow 2. Um, oh, the bad one. Oh, you know something. <laughs> I listened to people talk about this and I was like, no, because the first one is absolutely amazing. 
yeah. first one is really maybe a bit too long. I did feel it dragged it out a bit, but the first one was just epic in its star, in its the bag, the boss battles, everything about it was just brilliant. So in this one, you play Dracula in modern day, um, um, and then you start off with playing as a weak Dracula, and I thought I start off and I play it in easy. Um, it's a third person beating up in the type in like the God of War style. Um, but it's such a struggle. You were having to do a lot of stealth, you were, you were getting beat up all the time. Now, I'm not saying I'm the best gamer, but I'm certainly not having to restart it over and over and over again. And I just played the first level, defeated the first boss, and I just went, nah. It's just not for me. And I can't recommend this to anyone, you know, even if you are a laps gamer, even if you love the God of War series, even if you love the first one, it it's just not worth playing through. It's just a shame. Stay away from it. It's it's just a shame after the first one, revitalised Castlevania, and this one we've just totally destroyed. I understand there was a lot of problems in development. Um, seems to have the producer was following through with his own ideas, and I understand why they're saying Dracula's weak, but to make it so difficult to get into. It's just not worth playing, and I think it's about 14 hours or so to complete. So, yeah, sometimes all the naysayers are true. <laughs> um, then, so, I started, um, thought I'd just go back to my backlog and continue playing some games. So I continued playing Batman Arkham Origins, and this was the one by Warner Brothers Montreal, I think, not by Rocksteady. Mm. It's considered the black sheep of a family, I think, by Rockstar. The runt of the litter. It is. But I tell you what, it's a good little runt. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, stories where you are Batman in third person. Um, it shows Gotham City. It's an open world game. And you, over one night just before Christmas. And it's a Christmas game. You know, coming up festive season, get this out and it's snow everywhere. Um, you are Batman and you are being targeted by 12 assassins who want to kill you. It's at the beginning of his career, so it introduces a lot of villains. And the main guy is Black Mask, but spoiler alert, the Joker comes in. And this I don't understand, I'm a bit sick and tired of it because Arkham Asylum feature the Joker, Arkham City the Joker, I understand Arkham Knight the Joker is there in some form. Yeah, in a actually quite clever way. Yeah, and yeah. this one didn't have to feature the good Joker. And it wasn't Mark Hamill as the Joker either. It was um, no. Troy Baker. Yeah, doing his best Mark Hamill impression. Well, that's it. But it's such a it's such a thing where you just go, all right. There's other Batman villains apart from yeah, the Joker to have as a main. The bookworm yeah. for a start, or Villain. King Tut. Um, like any Batman game, that seems to be there's too much to do. There's yeah, loads. I think I mean I understand in Arkham Knight, which I haven't played. There's of nearly two three hundred enigmas. I think in this one in Arkham Origins, there's two hundred enigma puzzles, etc. Um, there's two hundred and fifty in Arkham Knight. It, yeah, I'm not doing them. No. <laughs> 
it's stupid how they sort of got this idea. I mean, I think Asylum, I think, had 64. Which I think it's just about right. Anything up to 100 is probably about right. Anything beyond that, and you're just asking too much of it, I think, of a gamer. Um, so there's too much. But you've also got these uh, anarchy tags, because anarchy's features in it. You've got um, a murder investigation where you can use some detective skills. There's just so much to do. I mean, I just I did partly all that. I think I've done about 39%. And I've done the main story. And I'm just like, do I really want to go back to it? I haven't completed the Riddler's quest. I'm just like, oh, maybe I'll come back just, to it. Just finish the story. You don't need to do that side and, the game itself, the rhythm battle, the combat system is brilliant. The f I just still love that feeling of Batman when you're causing fear and the crooks are just like, n and you, you look at them, they're nervous and they're terrified. Just that feeling of being Batman is really good. Um, I didn't don't like the respawning bad guys. I think they've featured too much in the open world. I just prefer to get through the world without having to fight loads of guys and snipers. Um, the Firefly fight's really good though, um, when you're fighting him on a bridge, and the Bane fight was really good. Um, so I'd recommend that as a, to a lapsed gamer. Um, the control system's really good, and it's just a, it is a good storyline, it's an interesting one. You just could have done so much with it. Then, connected with that, it was the story-based DLC, Cold Cold Heart, um, which it's been a number of sales and this one features Mr. Freeze and they sort of try to do the origin um, of Mr. Freeze. It's set a week after the main game. It features two areas of Gotham so it's a much a smaller area and there's not as much to do. It's quite, actually quite good because you've, you've still got anarchy to fight, you've still got some tags to fight but find, but you can do this. Um, there's only like three types of collectibles, like I said. But there's new, oh, new thing where you can unfreeze people. There's new upgrades. You got a new suit. You get firmer gloves. Um, it does follow formula of Mister Freeze, you know, who you discover, you know, is fighting to protect his wife, and it's all an accident. Um, the boss fight's really good, more strategic, rather than just getting out and beating Mister Freeze up. You have to sneak around him. Um, and I won't spoil the ending. Um, not as good as the classic Batman Adventures game, the story Heart of Ice. The voice um, actor of Mr. Freeze wasn't as good. So that's sort of spoiled. But overall, and if you play the main game you enjoy that, I'd recommend getting the Freeze um, DLC. Because you could pick it up at times for £2 or something. I've seen it in the sales. The other game I completed um, was costume, costume Quest because it was Halloween and I felt I had to play a Halloween game. So this is by Double Fine and this was on the PS3. Um, it's an RPG game, it takes about 6 hours to complete. Um, but it's RPG light I would say. Um, and the story is basically you choose a character, either the male or female, and either the male or female is kidnapped, and you have to rescue them. Um, you walk around three different areas, the suburbs, the mall, and the cemetery, knocking on doors, 
Um, some of them, the first one, I think about 16 houses. I think it was about 12 shops you have to knock on in the mall. And you knock on them, either you're going to get sweets or you're going to get um, a boss battle. Oh, no, a boss battle, a little random encounter from the goblins. As such, reminded me of the goblins from Labyrinth. And you've ended up taken to a battle screen where you, because it's Halloween, you're trick-or-treating, you're wearing a costume. The first costume you pick up is a robot. Um, it then takes you to the battle screen where you are a robot and use the robot special powers. Um, you can meet companions as you go along. You can change your powers because you get new costumes. Um, there was a rocket one, there was a pumpkin head one, there was, there was a lot of variation in the um, costumes and you can augment them with cards, picking up cards throughout the game. So it's sort of like you can get one where you can retaliate in the enemy's turn on a battle screen and you can hit him back. Um, there's a number of quests on each level, so for example it's hide and seek where you're looking for kids or trading cards. Um, some of the levels require your powers, so like for example if you're in the robot costume it like scoots you along, you can jump over ramps. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's ideal for anyone who just wants to like that RPG feeling because it's not, you're not upgrading every single stat. You know, that's all done automatically for you. But if you want to play a short one, it's ideal. It's, like I said, it takes about six hours. Reminded me a lot of South Park which came after this. Um, in that same vein but yeah ideal for laps gamers this one and, yeah if you want to try and find play an RPG and get into that genre it is ideal the final game I completed was Far Cry um, 3 Blood Dragon um, I think this is probably the first Far Cry game I've played um, so yeah this is the independent story based DLC by Ubisoft, it takes it into an alternative uh, sort of reality. Um, it's a very retro feel. The cutscenes are done in the um, 80s sort of arcade style of um, just screenshots, static images. Um, it's very satirical, very much a piss take of the 80s. A lot of references to films and loads of references to his culture, Robocop, Terminator, loads of them get um, a mention. You play um, a character called Sergeant Rex Power Colt, who's a, s a cyber soldier. And essentially, you are in a smaller area, as I understand it. It's yeah. not smaller than Far Cry. Much smaller, yeah. Yeah. Um, you still got all the same, I believe type of gameplay because it is a it's a first person shooter and mostly there's, there's, yeah. there's less of the bullshit right so it's probably more focused yeah yeah um, it's not a big game it's only about four hours long um, you are fighting someone called a traitor a traitor general but it's so much fun you know it's all right you've it's just the quotes it comes out with, and it's just a piss take on the gaming industry, um, on the 80s. I mean, you've got quotes like, um, I, Doc, I got the kill start It's Sloan's bedtime, and I plan to tuck him in under six feet of dirt. Just, <laughs> just stuff like that. When um, 
is talking to um, the back, the Sergeant Saloon, the bad guy. Because I'm tucking you into your deathbed and your blanket is six feet of my shit. And he goes, <laughs> when he finds a collectible, he goes, great, found another one. What the fuck am I doing? So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's just stuff like that where it is a lot of fun. You are, you can gain upgrades through finding TVs or finding VHS tapes. There's a sex scene done in, the, in static screens, which is really fun. Um, it, it is a f- it is a fun game. It, it, if you're after an FPS and a short one um, as a lapse game, it and you want that type of that Far Cry experience, right? You can look at it, but maybe think it's too big. This is ideal for you. It is a lot of fun, isn't it? And it's just the way we quotes. It's it's Michael Bean um, from Terminator and Aliens fame as the voice, and it's just the way he speaks and just everything he says. It, it is a lot of fun. It doesn't outstay its welcome, but it's weird. Yeah, it's good and short and cheap, yeah. most importantly. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I think it's um, free on. It was Xbox on PS Plus Live. as well. Yeah, it's free on PS Plus and I think it's on Xbox Live Gold at the moment. So, which one of those would you recommend to a lapsed game in particular? Um, uh, well, like I said I've, I'd recommend Origins, Costume Quest, and. Um, Far Cry, all because they're all different genres. You know, you've got, like I said, um, Far Cry, Free Blood Dragon because it's a satirical, and if you're a fan of the 80s, you'll love that sort of sense of humor that comes through. Costume Quest is just easy to get into, it's just a relaxed play. Cool, um, and Batman because of the story. Cool, right? Uh, well, I'll wrap through mine quickly then. Um, so First of all, I uh, jumped back into Diablo 3 on PS4 uh, mainly because there's a new patch coming out for it soon. Uh, they're recreating uh, Diablo 1 uh, in, uh, in Diablo 3, complete with the original graphical style and the right. like eight-way eight player movement and things like that. Um, but also because I'm so desperately close to getting the Platinum Trophy in that game. <laughs> um, I've got all the trophies now apart from I need to run 500 bounties and I'm up to 270 something and if I sit down and concentrate on it I can knock out 25 in an hour Um, so I'm gonna keep chipping away at that Um, I'm also uh, there's only three trophies I need apart from that I need to get which revolve around running a hardcore character so if you don't know what a hardcore character is in Diablo basically normally if you die in Diablo, you can just respawn back at where you died or respawn back at town and you take a bit of damage to your armor or whatever. Uh, when you're running a hardcore character, if you die, the game deletes that character and you have to start again from the very beginning. <laughs> and I have to to get the trophies, I have to reach the level cap, um, which is uh, 70, and I'm currently 22, 23 um, with my character. Haven't come close to dying yet, but I'm sure it will happen at some point. Uh, so I've got to get to level 70 and beat the two end bosses of the game um, in without dying, uh, basically. Uh, I'm quite worried about that one because to get if you haven't got someone helping you to, to boost your character, getting to the level cap can take a decent amount of time. And I'm terrified that I'll get there, try and take on these two bosses, and die. And then I'll have to start all over again from the beginning, and probably end up snapping the disc in half. But um, <laughs> at the moment, I'm I'm really enjoying that Diablo 3's fantastic game. 
Uh, next up, uh, Tropico 5 again on the PS4. Um, Yay! I haven't played this one in a while, um, and then my girlfriend was uh, convinced me to jump on and play some um, some of the cooperative multiplayer with her, where you like you both run two separate tr- tropical civilizations on the same um, the same island. You start on, like different sides of the island, and you can oh, kind of wow. cooperate and share resources and stuff like that. It's actually it's a really good multiplayer. There's a competitive multiplayer as well, but we weren't. Did too not know that existed. Yeah, it's good. It's. The, the menu to be able to get into a match with, with one of your friends is a little bit fiddly. It took a while working out, but once we got in mm. the end, it's all right. And you can save your progress, so at any point, if we want to carry That's on with cool. that game, we can load it up. That's um, amazing. So you don't have to... Yeah, it's good. Like You don't have to play it through in one go, because like a game of Tropico can take a long time. <laughs> yeah. Especially if, if you start at the beginning, if you're starting in like the colonial period and you want to work all the way through to the end game, that's a good few hours. Um was that local or online? That's online. Oh, I thank God for that. I don't think it supports local multiplayer. <laughs> we um, should have it one of the game nights. Yeah, we, we should. Like, I don't know how many people you can have in co-op. Um, it, it definitely supports at least two. It might support more than that. Depending, mm. It depends on like how cramped it'll get because the islands aren't, aren't massive. Um, but uh, I've also been playing a little bit of it independently as well. Just like sometimes when I can't be bothered to play anything intensive, I'll load up sandbox mode on that and put unlimited money on and make everything <laughs> really easy and just play. And somehow, despite the fact I've got unlimited money and the the, the, the politics side has been put down to the easiest difficulty, um, I still end up losing <laughs> somehow. <laughs> because... That game does everything in its power to make you turn against your, like, your your. Um, everything you hold dear, basically. Everything, everything <laughs> you hold dear, and everything you stand for. Like you, you're set out in the game with full intentions to to run like a free and open democracy, and make everyone happy. Um, but it doesn't always work out that way, and so. Uh, <sighs> So uh, the number of times I've tried to do that and then end up getting voted out. So now it's got to the point where I'll turn my back on all of my principles and just run a brutal police state. <laughs> <laughs> but, I used um, to follow Donald Trump. Trumpism. Yeah, basically, yeah, pretty much that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's good fun, relaxing RTS sort. Of, well, not real RTS, but like a a, a Civ Sim City of. sort of thing, sort of mm. game to play. Um, with an amazing soundtrack as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, what else have we been playing? Uh, volume. Uh, Mike Mike Bithell's uh, follow-up to the excellent Thomas Was Alone is a slightly more intricate game. Uh, I picked this up on PS4 ages ago and played through it a bit and then stopped. Uh, and then um, Lee pointed out um, recently that it's been released on Vita. I don't know how long ago it's been released on Vita, I completely missed it. Um, and it's cross-buy and cross-save and everything, So, because I already owned it, I just downloaded it on the Vita and started again from the beginning, because um, I couldn't remember where I'd got to in the game. It's uh, it's quite a simple, on the face of it, but it gets quite complex, sort of stealth game. If you played the VR missions in um, the old Metal Gear Solid games, then it's kind of reminiscent of that. Um, you play a guy called Rob Loxley, um, there are there is a Robin Hood sort of vibe going on in the storyline, but I'm not far enough into it to really uh, speak too much to that. But it's you're basically hacking into computer systems by running a digital avatar of, of Rob Loxley around inside the system and avoiding guards and collecting data nodes and then getting to the endpoint. Um, and it's you know it's quite simple. 
you move around, um, use cover to hide from enemies so that the enemies will go on patrols and they have vision cones and you just have to avoid the vision cones. Um, and then it'll, it slowly introduces more and more mechanics to make the gameplay more complex. Uh, but it's really, really good. If you like a decent um, stealth game, uh, and if, if you if you ever enjoyed playing like the old uh, Metal Gear Solid games, especially the the, the VR missions, then um, I'd highly recommend that. Have any of you guys played Volume at all? I've 100%ed it twice. Oh wow! <laughs> okay, so, I did it yeah. on I did it on PC first, and yeah. then I got it cross by on PS4 and Vita, and I. 100% it on Vita again. Yeah. Because it's actually a PSVR update that came out for it. Oh, it's available in VR as well? Yeah, basically it puts oh, the whole wow. level like in the hologram in front of you. Oh, oh my god. Oh, nice. So it's <laughs> quite nifty. What do you think of it then? It is a fantastic stealth game. Yeah, yeah. I really I'm enjoyed it. I'm a sucker for a good stealth game. And um, but yeah, this is a, it's a, a good one. It's sort of like uh, boiled down to its sort of like quite basic really but it gets a bit more mechanically I mean I haven't got anywhere near the end yet um, so I, I don't know how complex it gets later on but the way it sort of drip feeds the mechanics as it goes along it's never mm. overwhelms you with things to do but, yeah um, I think it's got a hundred core levels yeah yeah and you can you uh, could probably play, I mean the, the levels themselves only take a few minutes to do so you could probably play through the whole thing in I don't know less than 10 hours maybe um, I'd say that, yeah. Yeah. I'm just looking up now to see how long it took me. Um, yeah, I 100%ed it in eight hours on the PC. It's not that long in main campaign. It's probably like five hours, maybe no. six. But then there's also kind I of guess. incentive to go back as well because there's the score attack element of trying to beat the level in, in less mm. time than other people on the scoreboards. Um, so it's got a good replayability value as well. Um, and yeah, it's really actually got... That. It's got like Steam Workshop support and people create their own levels to share. Oh wow! So you I can don't just know if that's on P play other levels that people have made. Yeah, and I'm pretty certain that's available in all versions. I don't know if like every level will be available on every platform. It might just be like PC levels are on PC, PS4 mm. on PS4 and whatever. But yeah, there's people that. making new levels for it as well. So it's not just like main campaign. Don't, yeah. it's like main campaign and then. If you want to play some new levels, people have made some. It's pretty cheap as well, if, as far as I remember. I think I bought it when it was full price, but even then, it wasn't that expensive when it first came out. Mm. So, um, if you yeah, if you're a fan of stealth games, it's definitely one uh, worth picking up, um, especially if you've got a, a, a PS4 and a Vita, because you can just cross save between the two. Yeah, it's like my gaming kryptonite. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen uh, but, that it's still on offer at the moment because I know it was on offer recently on PlayStation. I'm sure it might have popped up on PS Plus at some point after I'd already bought it. That's normally the way it goes. Sure. Yeah, it's normally the way it goes. So what happened with Tropico? <laughs> I bought Tropico for, I think it was only like 10 or £11, pounds, and then a month later it was on PS Plus. Mind you, didn't that happen <laughs> last month be Andy? Didn't you get um, Costume Quest and then it came up on uh, PS Plus about three days later? Oh, uh, no, I got it through um, PS Plus years ago, I think. So. Oh, costume, <laughs> right. yeah. I think costume Quest 2, I didn't buy it, but that, that's out this month, Yeah, Costume it? Quest yeah. 2 was one of this game's PS Plus games. Yeah. Um, I think it was the other Vita one. Yeah, Volume, it's really good. That's one of the ones I've targeted to finish this month, so um, 
I'll speak more about that when I've actually finished it with some thoughts on um, whether the storyline's any good because the I mean, without giving anything away, how does the story hold up? Because the story in Thomas's alone was one of the best things about it. The narrative through that game was fantastic. Um, I'd say that the storyline's good. Mm-hmm. It's not great, I would say. It's not on a par with Thomas's alone. No, it's a bit more stretched out. Okay. Like, there isn't that much to it. Like, it's maybe one cutscene or little proper bit of story put in every 25 levels maybe yeah and then you just get a bit of dialogue as you go through as well um i'll move on to my last one because i've got a bit to say about this uh i am here we go i was going to try and get it finished before we came on the recording but I'm just, the end of this is such a slog uh <laughs> i've been playing through far cry 4 so uh i played far cry 3 back on 360 and mostly really enjoyed it apart from a few things that really annoyed me um and far cry 4 is essentially the same game uh with a few little tweaks because ubisoft have gone not quite so much for if it ain't broke don't fix it uh scenario so so much as uh, if it ain't broke don't bother iterating on it sort of scenario <laughs> so like far cry 2 was different to far cry 1 far cry 3 was different to far cry 2 far cry 4 is essentially the same game uh, in a different location with different characters you do exactly the same stuff um you have the same like lots of outposts that you go and uh, and clear out of enemies you have the t- towers that are sort of like first person climbing puzzles far i had issues with far cry 3 like the gameplay was really good um and i really liked the setting and it was an it was an interesting sort of open world uh first person shooter but they had the issue of like so it's set on a south pacific tropical island but you play i can't remember the guy's name so i'm just going to call him jock mcdoucheface um (laughs) and him and his trust fund friends are on a holiday and get captured by a pirate and he the the protagonist he plays to rescue his friends and then gets roped in by the locals to try and rid them of these horrible pirates and it's just like the, the storyline was a little bit like bits of it were interesting because like the main villain i say the main villain um this pirate vass who was a really interesting character who you kill halfway through the game so the second half was boring as hell um elements of that had sort of like really trippy Alice in Wonderland elements to it but for the most part it was like you are a white guy who is helping the locals rid themselves of pirates because they're not capable of doing it themselves and that just felt really awkward to me um they fixed that a little bit in Far Cry 4 so the character you play as is technically a native of this country which is like a um an imaginative like a Himalayan nation called Kairat. Um, so you play a guy called AJ uh, RJ Gale, um, who was born in this country and then went off to America. Um, apparently, there's some backstory about how he was in the army, which explains away why he manages to be such a badass with guns and whatnot. But it's still sort of like foreign man comes in and helps the locals rid themselves of a horrible dictator because they can't do it themselves. And it's just again, it feels a little bit awkward. Uh, this time round, um, the villain is actually in it throughout the whole thing, and he's a little bit more interesting, although he's not in it as much as Vass was in um, Far Cry 3. Um, I don't like the setting as much as Far Cry 3, because that wasn't had a nice like 
nice big tropical islands. It was very pretty. This one's sort of like Himalayan countryside, so the foothills of the Himalayas, so lots of mountainous terrain um, that proves quite difficult to get around in places. Um, on the whole, it's pretty much exactly the same as Far Cry 3. Uh, the only problem is that when that game's at its best is when it's basically um, uh, the deadliest prey of the game. Or is it the deadliest game? What was that film? Was it the deadliest game? About people hunting people. Yeah, deadliest game. Huh? Yeah. yeah. When it's at its best, it's basically that, where you get to stealth around with a with a bow and arrow and pick off the enemies in these outposts, like um, stealthily one by one, and uh, unleash caged animals in their places and, and like scare the shit out of them, basically. Um, it plays like a really good stealth game. It does not play like a particularly good shooter. And unfortunately, towards the back end of the game that I've gotten to, it keeps forcing you on endless waves of enemies, um, and it's just become an absolute slog. And I'm so close to finishing it. If I wasn't close to finishing it, I'd probably sack it off because I'm not enjoying it <laughs> at the moment. Like everything up to that point, I'd enjoyed. Like there were some really fun missions and the stuff you get to do out in the open world because because it allows you to approach how you play it the way that you want to. On the whole, is really good. But towards the end, it's just forcing you into endless shootouts against hordes of, of respawning heavily armoured enemies. Um, and yeah, I'm just finding it an absolute drag at the moment. Uh, I, 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 I'm so close to finishing it that I will push myself over the finishing line, but then it's getting deleted off the hard drive and I'm not going back to it. <laughs> I am not going around and collecting all the collectibles. I cannot be bothered to go and find all the different locations. I can't be asked to explore the bits in the open world and stuff like that. It's the Ubisoft problem of like putting far too many little side quests and puzzles and things like mm. that in the open oh. world, most of which is like really boring. Um, <laughs> so yeah, on the whole, it's good. Just this this last like uh, the last two hours or so that I've played of the game so far has just been a pain in the ass. So I can't really <laughs> recommend it. A little that's glowing a second, recommendation there. I know. I'm not doing too well. It's like it's. I just have seemed to have a knack of picking bad open world games. Because like la- <laughs> last month, it was Mad Max, Mad Max, and that was just mm. awful. Um, yeah, I need to be a little bit more uh, picky with my open world games. I think. But um, yeah, I remember when Far Cry Three first came out, and there was I can't remember which outlet it was that came up with a stupid quote that got plastered all over the box art on the adverts. It was like, it's Skyrim with guns. It's not Skyrim with guns <laughs> at all. It's bobbins. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I've been playing recently. Um, I will not recommend Far Cry 4 to a lapsed or non-lapsed game. Oh, what a shocker. I would recommend Diablo 3, actually. Um, it can be a bit of a slog to get a character through to the level cap. But once you get to the level cap and you're just enjoying the end game stuff, you can play as much or as little as you want. You can play local multiplayer. You can play um, uh, multiplayer online. You can matchmake with randoms uh, on the internet. Um, you can sit and play it for hours or you can sit and play it for 10 minutes. Uh, mm. Once your character gets to the point where they're ridiculously overpowered, it's just a power trip. It's so much fun. Um, but I probably, if I had to pick one, I'd say volume. Um, if you're a good, if you're a fan of stealth, even if you're not really a fan of stealth games, I reckon this is probably a good entry level. This is a good way to get into stealth games. Um, 
and it's playable across a multitude of platforms and uh, it's really good fun. It's Mike doing what he does best, I suppose. He just yeah. has the knack of doing really inventive little games that just pull you in. Yeah, he's really good at coming up with inventive gameplay mechanics and things like that. I do know, uh, I remember reading an interview with him where he talked about like the reason why Thomas was alone was like, it plays really well, but graphically it's just blocks jumping on blocks. It's mm. because he didn't know how to do the art. <laughs> but <laughs> this time around when he made volume, he actually, because he'd made a decent amount of money off um, off Thomas was alone, he could hire artists to do the art for him. Mm-hmm. And it's a really pretty game. Like the art style is like, it's stark, but it's it's striking. It's, it's a nice looking game. Um, and yeah, really good fun to play. So I'd, yeah, if I had to pick one for a lapsed gamer, I'd go with volume. Yeah, it's a great one to have on the Vita as well, actually. Yes. Because looks... the levels aren't that long. It's just no. great on a portable. Yeah. And as with most games, it looks absolutely gorgeous on that screen. Right, so we've had a couple of questions in from uh, listeners. We'll start with the easy one first. Uh, Good friend, uh, Colm, at Psalm67, he's messaging to say, Are you taking the Switch Day 1 plunge? Yes. Yes. No. No? 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 No. No, you've got... Seriously, Steve, you've gone out and bought a PlayStation VR headset and you've gone and bought yourself a PlayStation 4 Pro, but you're not going to buy a Switch. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> I've just bought a PlayStation 4 Pro. And a PlayStation yeah, he's cleaned headset. out. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I've already got a Vita and a 3DS. I've got plenty of portables. Yeah, but are you going to be able to play Breath of the Wild on day one, though? I've never been a massive Zelda fan. <gasps> Get out. Get Zelda out. Majora's Mask. Wait. Two worlds have played. You and Andy are in the daft corner. Obviously, yeah. uh, obviously I've like numbered played, on this podcast. But I'm not going to buy a new system to play the latest one on. No. Yeah, fair enough. Especially when it's on this gen as well. Yeah, yeah, mm. it will be on the Wii as well. On the Wii mm. as well yeah. I, I'm... I don't have a Wii U though either. Oh, well, I'd say pick one up, but they're still bloody expensive. Yeah. But um, if they ever come down in price, you should definitely pick one up because that's got an amazing back catalog. Yeah, I will I think definitely. I've got be... enough of a backlog anyway. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I think we all do. Half of my list is bloody Wii U games now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I will definitely be picking up a Switch on day one. I've already pre-ordered it. I cannot wait. I'm going to book the day off work as well. Because I'm a sensible grown-up that books days off work for video games. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's still the way forward. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Uh, our just other question... Oh, sorry. What were you saying? Sorry, it's just a wait and see for me. Yeah. See what the more details... I know they've leaked the price... You know, well, possibly. they Nintendo haven't, but we'll we'll come yeah. on to that in the news. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, without one other question, uh, Dan Ragnar at Justin underscore Knowles messaging: uh, What was the first game that made you realise your gaming console slash computer was more than just a kid's toy? Hmm. Oh, Destruction Derby two for me. <laughs> was that the first one that made you think yes video games are art <laughs> yes Fair it was beautifully rendered carnage it was great yeah. <laughs> uh, oh god that's a difficult one it's when I lied to my mum that said I'd use it for school oh okay what, what console was that uh, it was a Spectrum 128 <laughs> <Plus> <laughs> fair enough um, 
I honestly can't think of what was the first game I played that made me think, like, this isn't just a kiddies thing. Um, as much as I love Nintendo, it probably was a bit later on. It wouldn't have been anything that was on the SNES or anything like that, because, you know, they're kiddie-friendly games on the whole. <laughs> yeah, but still hard as bat nails. They're ridiculous. Mm. Yeah. Um... I'm gonna. Uh, there's probably something early in this, but I'm gonna say the first one I can remember playing and like looking at it more than just a game and getting sucked into like the storyline and the lore. And this might sound a little bit odd, but was um, Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver on PS1. Oh yeah. Hmm. Um, as listeners to the show will know, I've got a bit of a love for the Legacy of Kane series. <laughs> Thinking about it, Ico would probably be the one oh. where you. Yeah. suddenly look at it and go wow this has become something else yeah see I missed out on that one if it, if it hadn't have been something like Soul Reaver I reckon probably Shadow of the Colossus would have been the first yeah, yeah yeah Shadow of the Colossus was good the shout. first that was the first video game that made me cry and that's when you know they've transcended yes, you know they, yeah. they're just a little bit more than Jumpman yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm just going to say, I can't really give an answer to this, seeing as I've grown up with video games my entire life. <laughs> so I've never really seen them as a kid's toy. Yeah, it's funny, the perspective as well, because obviously, going on a generational thing, I've grown up with video games, but I've grown up with them as they've been growing up as well. Mm. You know, so I've been there at the beginning with Pong in yeah. 1974, I think it was. Mm. You know, so I've grown and they've grown alongside, so it's been like a... Mm. I think where I've been watching as it's grown up as well. So it's weird that you've got a whole generation out there that would not look at it as anything other than it's just video games. They don't look at it as some of the oh the uh, the kids play that or you know just the nerds. It's an actual mm. concrete thing culturally. You know, mm. it's something that mm. nobody would look down on, not like they used to. Well, you that's say that, my parents still yeah, do. Still, yeah, yeah, but again, that's a generational thing, you know, it's your parents. Yeah. yeah. Well, I still find mm. it like, I don't talk uh, I don't talk about this podcast at work, for instance, because mm. if I brought it up and I was like, oh, what do you do a podcast about? Like, then I'd have to say video games, and I'd feel embarrassed. <laughs> now, I'll say pottery. Well, yeah. Uh, admittedly, most of the people I work with are of an older generation. But yeah. Even some of the younger ones, and to be honest, unless somebody, unless somebody else at work who's around about the same age as me brings up video games first, I don't talk about them. Just because mm-hmm. I just feel like people will kind of like, oh god, he's yeah, but it's a bit like Fight Club you as well, isn't it? You don't talk about that either. Yeah. <laughs> Those are things I don't bring up at work: religion, politics, and video games. <laughs> Strange bedfellows. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so moving on to the news. Uh, we'll wrap through this one quickly because it's late. Uh, first of all, PS4 Pro is out. Um, not a huge amount to say about it, really, apart from apparently there are some performance issues with it. Um, Steve, you know, you've got one. I don't know if you've come across this at all, but apparently games like um, 
The Last of Us Remastered. Uh, they fr it actually runs slightly worse on the Pro than it did on PS4 regular. Um, I've not come across anything, but I've just been using it for VR exclusively at the moment. Yeah. So I've, I've not really tested it with any PS4 games. Is there like a there's a noticeable difference in quality between playing? Did you play VR on regular PS4? Um, yeah, I did using my housemate's PS4. Yeah. And is there a noticeable difference in quality between the two? The main thing that I've noticed is often things in the distance will look a bit clearer. Okay. But apart from that, not really. Yeah. I'm yet to try Drive Club, which is one that apparently has been improved a little bit by it. I don't know if it's... It's still... I didn't really have any problems with the graphics on the original PS4, so... It's still early days. Um, there's not a huge number of games at the moment that support PS4 Pro. Um, I believe Titanfall 2 does, and possibly Skyrim. I think I've heard something about Skyrim being a little bit better yeah. on PS4 Pro, and some you know of like the first first party yeah. titles and things like that. I think that's the one that's got a problem, isn't it? Because I think it's trying to run at 4K with Skyrim one. Really? Uh, yeah, and that's what's one of the ones that's being said it's slowing down on the Pro rather than the original. Rather than the baseline unit. But these are probably problems that will get patched out, so it might yeah, not be a, a you know permanent mm. thing. So we'll come back yeah, to that games, once in a while. Games are being upgraded for the pro in, on like a case by case basis. Yeah. So yeah. it is it's it's like, whether the game's even been given a PS4 Pro patch. No, it is a big push to make first party ones run like um, Infamous Second Son apparently looks uh, even better on PS4 Pro than it did on the original one and for all that game's faults it was a very nice looking game. Um, Knack, for the five people who own a copy of Knack, apparently <laughs> runs a little bit better on the PS4 Pro. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's very early days at the moment and most games, most of the third party games, because it's opt-in, um, most of them haven't really taken advantage of it yet. But we'll see, we'll see where that goes. Mm. Yeah, one game I've heard isn't getting pro support that I'm kind of sad about is The Witcher 3. Really? Oh. Yeah, because I picked that up. I'm finally going to play it because everyone else in my house loves it. Yeah. And it's just not getting pro support, which is kind of disappointing. That sucks. But I'm sure it'll still look fantastic. Yeah, if, that could, if they could... That's a shame, because if, if they managed to patch that to make it run at 60, then I'd be very happy, man, if I owned a PS4 Pro. At the moment, I'm not... <laughs> Looking, not even thinking about picking one up unless my current PS4 breaks, um, and then I'll probably pick one up. But I don't even have a 4K TV at the moment, so it doesn't really make much sense. But uh, I've got it mainly just because my PS4 didn't work as well. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I mean that feeds into the whole people that have been complaining on Twitter as well, saying about the PS4 Pro not looking any different to the PS4. And then people are saying to them, are you actually running it through a 4K TV? And they're going, no. Well, that's why. <laughs> people are idiots. Yeah. yeah. I do intend, hopefully, Black Friday this year to pick up a uh, HDR 4K TV, but even then... I've got one in my basket at the moment that I'm waiting to go down. Um, nice. It's actually been tipped as a uh, Black Friday thing. Oh, um, you'll have to let me know which one. I'm not sending you a link. It might be limited numbers. There's no friends. Oh, you've already got one in your basket. Come on. I'll add it. I yeah. won't. I promise to only put it on my wish list. I just want to know what it is. <laughs> uh, it, I'll send you a link. It's an LG one. Um, okay. But Amazon are doing a Black Friday week. 
<laughs> so I don't yeah. know how that makes makes sense at all. Uh, a Black Friday week? What? Yeah. All right. So yeah, 4K. Friday I think. every day. Yeah. <laughs> Good God, my idea. Was. Hell. But yeah, I do intend to have a 4K TV by the end of the year. But even then, I'm not bothered about it. I'm quite happy with my vanilla PS4. To be honest, it it works fine with games mm. that I want to play. Yep. So yeah, the foreseeable future, I'm fine. GTA um, looks brilliant. So who cares? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Titanfall runs at 60. Overwatch runs at 60. So I don't care. Uh, moving on. Rumours are abounding as to how much the Nintendo Switch is going to cost at launch. Uh, and it's if these are true, then our worst case scenario has been averted because given Nintendo's history, we had a feeling that this might be in like the £350 mark, uh, which would not be great. Uh, but according to uh, a couple of retailers who have put the prices up uh, um, already, the base unit in the UK is going to cost 199.99. So that is the the screen, the Joy-Cons, the uh, dock, and the the dock for the Joy-Cons themselves. Uh, and then there'll be another one at 249.99, which will apparently have more uh, internal storage and be bundled with a game. 250 quid for yeah. the Switch and a game. Is yeah. If that game's Zelda, then I'll be very, very happy. If that um, game's anything, I'll be very, very happy. Yeah. Um, so I was worried that this was going to be expensive because you know what Nintendo are like. They don't sell consoles at a loss, even when they probably need to sell their consoles at a loss. Mm. Um, so I'm glad to see that because this, this brings it in, 250 quid brings it in at the same price as a uh, PS4 Slim or an Xbox One S. Yeah. So that's a that's a good price. It's the right price point for them, I think. It's the right price point. Well, it's funny because um, it's games that are actually first up on this side of the pond anyway to um, say that they're going to do it at one nine nine and two four nine. So, do we take them at the word and get an order in there? And hope that they don't renege on it because they probably will. They'll just turn around and say, "No, actually, we've changed his mind. It's not. It's three hundred and twenty-nine." If that's the price there, that's the price it's going to be everywhere. It's the, it's the way with the I would have thought watches. so. It's the same price everywhere. So you could probably pre-order with most places, and they'll all fall in line to the same price. But yeah. the fact that it is game advertising that price, and they are the UK's only brick-and-mortar game store chain mm. these days. I don't, does Game Station still GameStop. exist? No, Game Station don't because Game bought them out. But GameStop have UK stores as well. Are they? I thought that was just Ireland. They've actually got one in Wales, as far as I'm aware. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, but yeah, what is the main chain? Um, I'd probably be inclined to believe that. <laughs> the thing is, there's no RRP. Not over here, you know, no, because that's no. seen as price fixing. So yeah, um, I, uh, stores can charge what they want. I, well, I pre-ordered. Um, I, they, I pre-ordered on an online retailer, and they put a placeholder price in of nine thousand nine hundred and ninety-nine pounds because they didn't know what it was going to be at the time. But I guess Part the two, price. Then. Yeah, I guess the price officially will get announced on is it January twelfth when they're having their 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 big reveal conference thing in Japan. I think it's the twelfth. Mm. But anyway, mm. early January we'll we'll hopefully know for sure. Yeah, but it's Nintendo, so they'll probably announce the price three months after it's actually been launched. Yeah, you never can tell with Nintendo. But if this is true, then I'm very happy. 250 quid is, is affordable. 
Yeah. Telltale's new Marvel game has been announced that it's going to be um, based on Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, so we know for a while that they are uh, making another game rather than making a sequel to some of the series they've already made. Wolf Among Us? Us. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. <laughs> game of Thrones, but mainly Wolf Among Us. For fuck's sake, make another series of Wolf Among Us, please. Please, please, um, please, please. Please. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. But anyway, yeah, they're making a um, Guardians of the Galaxy um, a game. Are they going to get the voice actors in from the film? That'd be interesting, because that's going to be costing them. Oh, this is interesting. Yeah, Chris Pratt would cost a pretty penny. Yeah, but this mm. is the thing is when they, um, unless they're going to do like the Vin Game Diesel of Thrones would. one, the Game of Thrones one they did a kind of interesting thing where it like focused on a different family, um, but then they still had Peter Dinklage and Lena Headey and people like that, uh, Natalie Dormer and, and whatnot mm. in there doing the voice, doing the roles of the characters from the show, and I can't imagine there. I mean, they're not Chris Pratt money, but. I can't ah. imagine that was particularly cheap. Yeah, but don't forget, they were in pretty quickly with Game of Thrones. Yes. You know, they were in pretty much, yeah. they've got the foot in the door on the development side, mm. pretty much on first and second series. Mm. So they will have been pretty cheap at the time anyway. Yeah. Because nobody knew how exactly how it was going to go. Not then. Mm. Well, this is interesting because it came because of a leak, because it's part of the uh, next news piece. It's part of the video game voice actor strike, and this is one of the games that got leaked has been delayed, has been affected. Yeah. So, um, possibly, um, it's gonna. We might have to wait a bit and find out. But we wouldn't have thought. I mean, because is it Bradley Cooper? Like, yeah, Bradley Cooper, yeah. Chris Pratt, uh, Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. Well, Vin Diesel just says, "I am Groot." In multiple yeah. languages. Mm. <laughs> Your soy Groot. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm not sure. Uh, well, I don't know because it's weird. Like I, I never read the Guardians of the Galaxy comic books, so the voices of those characters are the the actors who played yeah. them in the film for me. Yeah. So to have other voice actors come in and do it, unless Could be they're going to try and do, unless they're going to do approximations of those characters uh, of those actors, then I don't know. Unless they take a spin on it completely and just do a Howard the Duck. Yeah, yeah, why not? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do love the um, listing, but it's listed as AKA Blue Harvest. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, tied into that, there is the news that the video game voice actors strike has officially begun. Um, does anyone know that much about this? I've only really heard little bits and pieces about it. No, I don't think it's been reported too much. I, only came, I think it started like end of last month. Yeah. Um, from what I understand, and this has been authorised for a year now. That we can go on strikes. I've been in the good negotiating, and what always happens with these negotiations, both of them start slinging mud at each other. Um, yeah. So Same you've with got the, the right to strike years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this affects for any game going to production after 17th of February 2015. So this could be a reason for some maybe some delays. Mm. You know, maybe like for games like Mass Effect, and who knows? You know. But um, they failed to reach an agreement, the Actors Guild and the game companies. Um, what I understand is that the companies want a greater percentage of the revenue. So if a game sells over 2 million, 
Um, they want a bit of a longer stream coming through. They also want um, the actors to know which game they're signing up for. Because it seems at the moment that these games companies are going, well, we want to hang you for a game, but we don't want to tell you what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, That's got to be weird for an actor. Yeah. That's yeah. How the hell are they supposed to work in character if they don't even know what the character <laughs> is? <laughs> Just turn up on the day, that's it. Mm. <laughs> you are that rocket raccoon. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. The, um, video game voice actors kind of get a bit of a bum deal. Um, mm. It's why, on the whole, they get used more than... Um, like big name Hollywood actors. I mean, there was a bit of a furore when the first mm. Dishonored came out, and there was like Susan Sarandon and people like that doing the voices of characters in that game rather than than actual trained voice actors. Uh, but they do a, a, like a hell of a lot of work on a yeah. game, and especially nowadays where a lot of the big AAA titles not only are they doing the voice acting, but they're also doing motion capture. Mm. Um, something like Naughty Dog and, and companies like that going a lot for. Mm. It's like the game kind of like as you know the. the the, the actual story of a game rather than the gameplay itself ha- like hangs on how good the voice acting is um, so it's an incredibly important role and if they're not getting remunerated to the, the level that they should be then I'd say fair play to them hmm. what we could see though is a bit of a backlash and a resurgence in games like Grand Theft Auto 3 where you're <laughs> protagonist has no voice at all you know just go back to the days of silent movies i don't think that would sell these days no. though. i don't no. think so either <laughs> but it would be an interesting twist mm. i think you just might see more delays as rather sorts and i think some of these out that's fine i've got too many games mm. you're playing as it is <laughs> yeah we've <laughs> got back love that last us yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, i'm pretty certain jim sterling's gonna done a video about video game voice acting at some point recently so go look up that Jimquisition if you can find it I will do okay so quick shout out so thanks to Stevie for coming on the show today um, it was lovely to have you on like maybe like to have you on again at some point in the future as well yeah I'd be happy to come back on right, just give me a couple more weeks Great. and I'll have another 20 games to talk about <laughs> <laughs> You'll have everything available on PlayStation VR. <laughs> I wish. Do you have any um, any shout-outs you'd like to give? Um, if you'd like to listen to more of me, you can find me on Year of Steam's Little Sister Show with Stuart, who's usually on this. Or I'm actually on the main episodes at the moment while Stuart's out of action podcasting-wise. Um, and you can also yeah. find me on The Moncast, which is a podcast where we talk about the Pokemon and Digimon anime. I'll have to get those subscribed to. Cool. Uh, any other shout-outs for anyone? Last saved loaded for me. I've yeah. really started to bite the bullet with that and gone back through the backlog. And yeah. <laughs> it's just great to hear Justin and Colin. Just those two guys. <laughs> I could listen to those two guys just talk and talk and talk for days. They just mm. make me laugh so much. Great. It Last saved loaded. It, it's not so much about games. It's got games in it, but it's just listening to these pair of idiots just spar off each other it's great <laughs> Game Burst oh yeah Game Burst yeah it's a good one Game Burst um, they've got there's the PS3 special and they've done the South Park special Stick of Truth good, good episodes um, I'll give a few plugs to YouTube channels that I've spoken about before that I'm still really enjoying um, Super Bunny Hop 
there's an excellent uh, YouTube channel. Um, usually get an episode a week that are quite in-depth videos into some some new game or some aspect of video gaming culture. Uh, game Makers Toolkit is another one I highly recommend that I've mentioned before. And of course the aforementioned Jim Sterling. Um, every Monday is it we get a new Jim position? Yeah, every Monday. Yeah. Every Monday there's a new gym acquisition and there's gym, gym impressions and yeah, he is a busy man. Um, but he puts out some quality content, so check that out on YouTube as well. Um, and also the um, the podquisition is a great podcast to listen to as well. So quick uh, future episode announcements. Our next Ballyhoo uh, show, which we'll be recording in a few weeks, uh, sees us return to Bill Willingham's comic book world of fables with volume two. We're going to be discussing issues six to ten if you're buying, the, if you're reading the singles. Uh, which comprise the Animal Farm story arc. Uh, so get those comics read, listen to our previous episode on Volume 1 of Fables, and our special on the, uh, Season 1, probably the only ever season of the Wolf <laughs> Among Us video game. And uh, Let us know your thoughts. As always, you can get in contact with us, uh, send us questions, suggestions, feedback, uh, or anything else you'd like to let us know uh, via email, which is lapsgamerradio at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter, uh, which is at lapsgamer. Uh, you can like and leave comments on our Laps Gamer Radio Facebook page and add yourself to the LGR Community Facebook group. You can check out our Laps Gamer YouTube channel as well as our occasional Laps Gamer Twitch channel broadcasts. I believe Adam is going to be uploading the entirety of his uh, 24-hour <laughs> stream oh, from the other night, um, which would be well worth a watch. Um, and of course, for more additional content and other information about our episodes and contact details, you can head over to our blog, which is lapsedgamer.com. Uh, finally, you can find all of our podcast episodes to stream or MP3 download at our Podbean web address, which is lapsgamerradio.podbean.com. Also, please be so kind as to subscribe and review Laps Gamer Radio on iTunes. I guess all said to be said is thanks for listening today. Do let us know what games you've been playing, what new stories are catching your attention, and if you'd like to be on a future episode with us. I'd like to say uh, thanks for joining me and goodbye. Bye. Bye. Manana, manana.